and the baby came and we stopped that. Clearly, they didn't realize they had actually changed a lot. I watched how their son played around the dog, pushing a toy lawnmower that made a scary noise. He chased the ten-pound dog around the apartment while mom and dad laughed until the skipper key turned on the menacing lawnmower and growled. Then they yelled at the dog. This dog's life had been turned upside down when the baby appeared, and went from bad, when so many things in her life had changed, to scary, when the little boy was allowed to frighten her daily. It's hard to tell parents that their baby is tormenting their dog, and it's even harder to help people realize and accept that they and their child have contributed to their dog's dangerous behavior. I struggled to convince these parents that allowing their son to do whatever he wanted to with this dog was dangerous. In the end, management, training, and guidance allowed them to keep the little dog they loved with them through a second child and beyond. Without the realization that we as parents have to protect our dogs from our babies in order to protect our babies from our dogs— we may find ourselves facing one of the worst choices in our lives, between the safety of our baby and the life of our dog. With a bit of mindfulness and preparation, most of us can avoid ever having to make this choice. For the first ten years of our marriage, my husband, Lawrence, was opposed to having children. We both knew the statistics regarding abuse passing from one generation to the next, and unfortunately both of us experienced childhood abuse, which I detailed in a dog named Boo, the underdog with a heart of gold. I was hopeful that years of learning to understand our upbringings, along with our slightly oddball sense of humor, would allow us to break the cycle. But Lawrence was not convinced. It would be when it would be, was my refrain, and meanwhile, my dogs offered me an outlet for my mothering instincts. Atticus, my first dog, was there for me before my husband entered the picture. In fact, Atticus introduced me to Lawrence. The first words I said to Lawrence were, What are you doing to my dog? I walked in on him trying to engage Atticus in a chase game with the baby dino roar, one of the many dog toys scattered around the office. Atticus was happily complying, which meant Lawrence was on Atticus's approved list. I will always be grateful to Atticus for introducing me to my husband and for bringing me through some of the darker times in my life as I processed my past. I learned lessons from that devoted dog I never learned from my human family, how to love unconditionally and without being violated. After finding me my husband, Atticus seemed to conspire with Lawrence to find Dante at a dog run in the East Village. Not usually a big player at dog parks, Atticus was actively playing with the emaciated yet gregarious and joyful Dante. Between bouts of play, Atticus would return to my spot on the bench as if to check in, and Dante would follow him. At each of these check-ins, Atticus, Dante, and Lawrence would all employ their big, begging eyes in support of Lawrence's case for bringing Dante home with us. A few years later, I found Boo when I stumbled upon his litter one fateful Halloween. They had been dumped outside a pet store that could best be compared to the shop from the Stephen King novel, Needful Things. 
This pet store, like Stephen King's store, disappeared without a trace a month after I found Boo. These three dogs walked me through a learning and growth process in a way that demands my eternal gratitude. After Atticus pulled me out of a deep, dark hole and taught me how to love, Dante taught me how to be joyful and guided me toward a newfound confidence. Boo was able to heal the last of my old wounds as he worked his magic, not only on Lawrence and me, but also on the thousands of strangers he visited during the years he worked with me as a therapy dog. Boo's patience and gentleness with children allowed me to take him to visit kids in schools, libraries, and hospitals. In addition, he visited adults with developmental disabilities and seniors in nursing homes. Our work with kids simultaneously soothed my need for my own child, while...